0: Hey, Downtown Church, and welcome back to the 7-Minute Sunday School. We've been working our way through the book of Exodus, where we are encountering this God, Yahweh, and we are discovering, as His name suggests, that we will learn about who this God is by watching what He does and what He says in relationship to His people. At the end of chapter 4, which we studied last week, we saw that God sent Moses and Aaron to speak to the people to tell them that God had seen their misery in Egypt in their harsh slavery under Pharaoh and that he was going to come and bring them out. And the people believe, and when they hear that God cares about them and has attended to them in their oppression, they bow down and worship. Well, here in chapter 5, which we're going to look at today, as well as the first verse or two of chapter 6 we get Moses' first confrontation with Pharaoh. And once again, this confrontation is going to tell us not just about who God is, who this God is and what he's like, but also what he's up against in Pharaoh, what Pharaoh is like. Last time I talked about how we learned more about God's purpose for his people when he tells Moses, I will bring them out of slavery so that they may serve me. And I talked about how that language of serve is the same language, sometimes translated worship, but often translated work or service in terms of Pharaoh's harsh service, which he's put on the Israelites. In other words, the problem isn't just that the Israelites uh, are are enslaved, it's that they're enslaved and serving the wrong master, and God is going to bring them out so that they may serve the right one. He himself, Yahweh, the Lord of heaven and earth. But here in the first words of chapter 5, in the first encounter with Pharaoh, we discover something else about this service that God is bringing his people out for. He says, Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says Yahweh, the God of Israel, let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Later on, we'll see that when God's people come out, it is at a feast. Later on, we'll see that God structures the people's lives around cycles of feasting with him. But right here, we discover that God's purpose in bringing the people out, the service which he has for them, the service that they will offer him as an alternative king, to the Pharaoh whose harsh service they've suffered under. The service that they will offer Yahweh will be the service, not least, of the feast, of a festival, of abundant life lived with God. Now, they ask for this. This is what their divine king wants for his people, to bring them out to feast with him in the wilderness. But Pharaoh's response is uncompromising. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? that I should obey him and let Israel go. I do not know the Lord, Yahweh, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. Who is Yahweh, Pharaoh says, that I should respond to him? And this sets up the conflict for the whole rest of the story, which we discover looks like it's between Moses and Pharaoh, the king versus Moses the prophet, but is really between Yahweh The true God, and Pharaoh, who's not just the king, but in Egyptian theology, is a God himself. This text, as it goes forward, will show us the conflict between the Lord, the true God, and the pretender God, Pharaoh, and their two regimes. And on the one side, we've already seen what Yahweh's service is all about, feasting in the wilderness with God. What's Pharaoh's service all about? Well, the text tells us, read it yourself this week. Pharaoh hears this request that they go into the wilderness and responds by laying heavier burdens on them. They will make bricks still, but now they won't be given straw. They have to collect it for themselves. And if they don't get those quotas, we find out, they'll be beaten. And Pharaoh says they, they're lazy. They're slack in their work. That's why. They're talking about going and sacrificing to their God. See, Pharaoh as this tyrannical oppressor and Pharaoh as this would-be God cannot imagine any kind of life or vitality outside his strictly managed oppressive economic control. The only horizon that he can imagine is more and more bricks. So he says these people are lazy. That's why they're tempted to follow lies. So he follows a strategy that a predecessor of his had followed, When the people of God are flourishing and when it freaks the empire out, put more work on them abuse them out of their hopes and dreams for a different way of life and you can read in chapter five how this happens and it works in some ways because it discourages the Israelites who are in charge of making these bricks and some of their foremen come back to Moses presumably some of the same ones who'd heard that God loved them and and had been worshiping God and they come back to Moses and say you've made things worse God judged between you and me and, and, and you and us and Moses and Aaron, they go to the Lord and they say, you've sent us here and you haven't done anything. And things are just getting worse. And the cry for liberation and the hope that God can do a new thing has raised their hopes and then appeared to dash them on the rocks. And so God says in chapter six, he responds, but the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, Pharaoh will send them out and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. God's response is to say, keep waiting, keep watching, stick around Moses, I am who I am, that's my name, and you're going to see what I will do on your behalf. It's a remarkable depiction of two different masters, Pharaoh with his never-ending oppressive slave labor on the one hand, who has no room for anything outside of his own control or horizon, And on the other hand, Yahweh, the Lord, who wants to bring his people out so that they might feast with him, so they might serve him in the wilderness. The Israelites find it easier to believe in the Pharaoh at the end of chapter 5. After all, he's making their lives miserable. But the beginning of chapter 6 invites us to invest our hopes and energies, to invest our interests in Yahweh, who yet claims that he will show up and deliver against all the odds. So this week, read chapter 5 through verses 6, uh, verse 1, and ask yourself, how do you think about why God calls us to be with him? When you think about what God's up to in your life, what, what's his goal? What's his purpose for investing in you? And do you think of God coming after you so that he might feast with you? And if not, why not? And then secondly, think about the discouragement the Israelites are facing. Where do circumstances in your life tempt you to believe that you'd be better off getting along with Pharaoh than casting your hopes on God? Think about those questions this week, read the text, talk them about with someone you love, someone you're close to, and we'll see you again next week.